When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello there and welcome to Thank the Maker, a podcast about heroes, princesses, scoundrels, hokey religions, ancient weapons, and all things Star Wars. I'm your host, Adam Russell. Hey everybody, I'm your host, Ryan Key. And I'm back. My name's Nick. I'm also your host. He's back. Rumors of Nick's death have been greatly exaggerated. (laughs) (laughs) It was weird without you. I didn't like it. I mean, I listened to it and I was like, that was cool. I like that. It was a good podcast, guys. We got a good podcast here. I know those guys. (laughs) So we're back. But yeah, I, I didn't die. That was that was a lie. I'm back. I'm here. Molly's <laughs> lying. Actually, I did die. I'm now a clone. Yep. You just had to wait for the right host that had, you know, enough midichlorians and you're back. <laughs> Somebody made the sacrifice. <laughs> All right. So we're doing an AMA episode. We, of course, have patron provided questions. Loving, loyal patrons like the Sith Eternal. Exactly. <laughs> we were actually also going to do test bay 94 on ourselves at the end which we haven't done on ourselves since like the first episode right yeah it was cool patrons for when you submit the would you rather stuff for these ama episodes it's cool because we could we get to like turn the camera around and do the test bay on ourselves selfies i can't wait i'm really excited some of them are pretty good we love to do selfies (laughs) we're we're millennials (laughs) i have a selfie light i have two actually damn dude think about how much influence you have yep now that i'm in this whole streaming shows generation thing I'm like fully backwards. I have a selfie light and like a 2010 MacBook camera. <laughs> 480p, 480i. I judge myself real hard every time I turn on that little ring light and just look at it and I'm filled with self-loathing. But then I go, I go check out Influencers in the Wild on Instagram and it makes me feel great. That shit's brilliant. It's one of my faves. One of the best follows on the web. What the influencers are doing is not brilliant. The capturing of it yeah, yeah, yeah. is yeah. brilliant. Just yeah. to clarify. All right, let's get into this shit. Carlton Roach has a question for William Ryan Key. He said, I only saw you play once, Boston 2007 with some 41. He's lived in Massachusetts his whole life until he joined the military. He currently lives in Japan. I love Japan. We all love Japan on this podcast. We sure do. Do you have any memorable experiences about being in Boston on tour that you're willing to share? He is homesick. Well, first of all, Carlton, thank you for your service, sir. Arigato gozaimasu. Uh, Arigato gozaimasu. And uh, second, have some sake for me, please, because I would say in a given year, it's normal for me to be in Japan three times. Like if I only went once in a year, that would be abnormal for me, at least in the last decade, probably. I I have just started to go. I mean, I scour the Internet for for uh, when flights dip and stuff like that. You know, I mean, I've it's it's crazy. Actually, Delta has been flying for several years now to Japan for less than a thousand dollars round trip, like very regularly. And Mm. so it's really facilitated my ability to go more often. Anyways, uh, I'm very jealous that you're in Japan. I know you're homesick, but. Bruv, I would give anything to come hang out with you and have a cold Sapporo in Japan. 
You know, Bayside's never been to Japan. At this point, I'd I'd have to actually, like, just go on vacation, which is probably more fun anyway. Let's go. Wait, wait. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think we're allowed. Yeah, when you look at the map, that one's definitely red, which means no. I mean, almost the entire world is right now. So, Carlton, my friend, uh, Boston. Yeah, so Boston. I don't know if I have one super specific memory. That's 2007. Like, I don't remember that show exactly with Sum 41, but I remember that tour. Um, that was a, that was, but I'm going to put that tour in perspective. I got sober for a whole year immediately following that tour. That was about the end of the line. <laughs> so that may be why I don't remember the show in Boston, but I will go just with say, yes. that's why you don't remember. I would just <laughs> say that Boston has always had a really special place in my heart and soul growing up in high school. I was a theater major at a like kind of conservatory style performing arts high school. And all I wanted out of life was to go to Boston University um, and study in their BFA theater program. And I got accepted to Boston University, which was quite an achievement, but I did not get accepted into the theater department, which you had to audition to get that BFA degree. And they only let like 12 or 15 people from the whole country in every year. It's really gnarly and exclusive and I didn't get in and I was heartbroken. Actually, that's what led me to dropping out of college altogether and playing (laughs) rock and roll because I was so pissed off that I didn't get to go where I wanted to go for school. Now look at you. Hey, I got a podcast <laughs> about Star Wars with my buds. It worked out. <laughs> but I will say that the like my memories of being in Boston on tour are very vivid, uh, you know, and you guys can relate the House of Blues right there by Fenway. Oh, Just, yeah. you know, the, um, the Verb Hotel on Boylston Street right around the corner has that killer kind of Asian fusion, Japanese fusion uh, karaoke bar that is so rad to hang after the shows. and The ancient um, art of karaoke. Karaoke. It's always just held a really special place in my heart. So, I mean, that's, you know, speaking of the verb hotel, for example, I love to travel. I love hotels. I love that, the you know, the vibe of that. So it's like if the tour is going from Boston to New York, I would, I love doing stuff like just be like, I'm, especially if I day off, I'm good. I'm, I'm, you know, I'll grab a room at the verb and just hang at the bar and, and chill and then, and fly to New York the next day or something like that. You know, um, I just, I love Boston. I, I was always very sad that I didn't get to go to university there, but I ended up having this really fortunate and uh, amazing career in music that allowed me to go to Boston at least once a year on tour for many, many years. So uh, sorry you're feeling homesick, bud, but uh, we thank you for your service and hopefully you can get home to your family and everyone soon, safe and healthy. It's definitely one of the better people watching places to be on tour is having your bus parked on, uh, you know, right outside the House of Blues there, which is on the same street as Fenway. Especially if it's a game day. Yeah, if it's a game day and you could actually just... (laughs) look out the window at all those fine people (laughs) they get so hammered it's after the game is when it's good oh boy after the game is when it's good dude what's the venue that i think is long since gone now maybe house of blues is in the place yep it's the same spot and i think it was called axis yes the name of the venue i'm pretty sure so in 2004 story of the year played there the night that the red sox were playing whoever that took them to the world series right they won that night, the playoffs. We were on stage with our drummer, our drummer's kick drum head with a giant Cardinals logo on it because we were going to the series <laughs> against them. <laughs> we were already in and man, it was tense in the room. We were all there for, for rock and roll, but the Dude. shit was tense because the game was in progress as the shit was happening and they won. And we remember, I remember looking out the window because the venue was on like the second or third floor. So the dressing room was up there. We're looking down at the street after the show, seeing cops 
with riot gear coming down because shit was <laughs> yeah. about to wild out and yeah. we fucking bolted because we're, you know, a bunch of Cardinals fans with like Cardinals <laughs> logos all over everything because that's Josh's yeah. shit. That was the crazy year where the Sox came back from being down three games to none. Yeah. And it's never been done before. Or, you know, yeah. and, and it was against the Yankees, which is like their rival. Yes, right? their arch nemesis. And they won that night and went to the series. Did, did they win the series that year? Yep. In 2004? Was that the end of the curse of the Bambino? End of the curse. I have a question for you guys. I know, Adam, you're not much of a sports guy. And Ryan, since you're a singer, you might not be able to do this. But have you watched sports while on stage? I for sure have. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I was just going to say... Um, Especially if it's play hockey playoffs and the Rangers are, like, doing it. Like, I am I for yeah. sure have, like, an iPad. Bare minimum, I have, like, Guitar Tech giving me score updates. Yeah, for sure. Bare, that's bare minimum. <laughs> Adam, that is crazy. That's 2004. Like, that's massive. I mean, I know you love sports ball, but that is massive <laughs> history that you were there because they went on oh, to dude. win the World Series for the first time since 1918 after that. And, I mean, that city was just burning down. But... It's funny you mentioned the the drum head because I love sports. I'll watch. I'm not a huge baseball fan, but if it's what's on, I'll watch it just because I really enjoy watching sports. College football is my main my passion, you know, where Nick's hockey is my college football. And mm-hmm. I have often and regularly worn a Georgia Bulldogs t-shirt in venues and cities and towns where I should not have <laughs> worn that shirt. And it's funny because it will genuinely affect the show Just i mean it got, instigating, it got to a point where i i was like eh, i mean warp tour maybe is okay because i would like had the sleeves cut off and it's whatever but like standing up there for 90 minutes wearing like <laughs> just a red just georgia in you know in orlando where everyone is a florida gators fan it's just i learned my lesson i think realizing that it really will like tilt the balance of the show in, <laughs> yeah. in a not good way if you're in especially in in you know for me in like the southern states like being so you know the southeastern conference in college football is so, it's religion here so if you're in the wrong town in the wrong t-shirt it can really be a problem so you definitely didn't choose as wisely as you could have having that drum head on (laughs) on stage that night dude i just kept saying like dude fuck sports (laughs) let's play music just trying to get everybody off it but josh wills was he was that dude he was actually he was getting updates he probably had the mlb app at the time just on his phone during the set I have the advantage, Nick, of most SEC games being at 3.30 in the afternoon. Uh, yeah. So gotcha. I, so most of the time, it's a, I, I have a stool with an iPad with the game <laughs> and sound check. I've got, yeah. like, head turned left, yeah, kind yeah. of mumbling through the song watching the game. <laughs> All right, let's talk about not sports. Crystal Padilla, our friend from back in the day, wants to know if we have a take on the fan theory about Ahsoka and the Child for Mandalorian Season 2. She said she's not a big Reddit fan, so she didn't know the theory existed until yesterday, but when she came upon it, she was pumped. I've heard rumblings of this as well. I'm pumped about it. Nick, I assume you are? Yeah. So the theory, without being spoily for Clone Wars or whatever, the theory is that Ahsoka and the child are kind of connected to Mortis, which is one of the better arcs in uh, the Clone Wars and uh, having to do with the Chosen One and yada yada. I won't get too spoilery about the actual, uh, the Clone Wars or the theory, but it kind of just made me think in the simplest form that I'm so much more excited about Star Wars television right now because I I kind of think long form storytelling for Star Wars is what we all actually want. I'm on board with that. You know, like we want character development, we want heaviness, we want in-depth 
stories, character development, all that stuff. So it kind of just crossed my mind while I was thinking about this theory about like, normally if someone came up with a fan theory that was this in depth, I'd be like, they're not going to put that in a movie. No way. You know, but now when you could spread it out over years and episodes, I kind of feel like there might be a portion of Star Wars television and Star Wars storytelling that kind of gets heavy and kind of does what we want it to do. And we don't have to necessarily count on the movies to do that because it kind of never does as good as the movies are. Yeah. Well, there has to be a major pivot into what you're talking about across the entire team, I think. Because yeah. films are not being made right now. Yeah. So whatever was on the books, you know, moving forward with the new trilogies, whatever rumors are true and not true, who's doing what or who's writing, directing, all that's great. But it doesn't matter right now because yeah. those films are not getting made. I mean, I was talking to my parents about this last night at dinner. Next year is going to be the, the strangest year on record yeah. in modern history for film. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the strangest year. There's going to be, I will tell you this though, I think there's going to be some unreal independent filmmaking like there's going to be yeah. movies that never would have seen the light of day that are mind-blowing mm-hmm. uh that, that will get out next year um but big giant you know union sag budget films are not in production so we ha- i mean yeah. luckily we have the mandalorian in the tank already it seems like season two you know yeah. ready to mm-hmm. come out but in the uh, digital can but i feel like it's caught it's going to cause them to think like oh well yeah maybe you know this could be a medium that we actually do need to focus more story and more content into because yeah. it, like you said it lasts for longer if this mm-hmm. happens again we have more in the can you know yeah right definitely that was a long-winded way to say what i just hey. said but going back to the theory, I think it's legit. I just don't know if they'll... You need a lot of Star Wars, Clone Wars knowledge, which I'm not so sure that a lot of people have. But do they need it? I mean, if it's done right, no. If you bring bring in a character and write that character well, and the actor performs that character well, I mean, everything in The Mandalorian is new for most people. So I think that they would be good. I want this so badly... I want to see live action Ahsoka in anything. Mm-hmm. And at the time this takes place, she is, she's in her forties, late forties, yeah. I guess who knows how her species actually ages, but yeah. she was born 36 BBY. This is about nine or 10 ABY. So it would be great to see Ahsoka and the child meet and have some training going on. But what I want even more, who knows when this will happen because Ahsoka would be really old. I want to see Ray trained by old ahsoka yeah that'd be so cool so she would be in like her 70s or something so it could be like yoda style exactly yoda and luke style and she's she's just like fallen jedi training a gray jedi a gray padawan i just like i have goosebumps on my entire body (laughs) thinking (laughs) about how sick this would be that's what i want more than anything Ahsoka training Ray. Well, maybe in 10 years you'll get it. Maybe. For my 50th birthday, please give it to me. <laughs> oh, no. No. <laughs> I'm going to throw up. You just said right. that out loud. <laughs> yep. It's real oh, life. Oh, God. All right. Moving on. Kevin <sighs> Weiler or Wheeler. He is aware that Ryan, you and I are catching up on Clone Wars. I'm, I'm totally done. Ryan's getting there. I'm I'm going to get real serious now that we're going to move into those for episodes now. So there you go. You're answering his question. He He's expecting we'll get some episodes eventually. But do we think we'll ever get into episodes on comic books or novels? I would say from my point of view, 
comic books are definitely likely. I think there are some really cool arcs in there. Nick's already done a lot of diving into some of those novels. If we haven't already read them, like with real life and making music and running coffee companies and having jobs, that's a tall order, I think, yeah. sometimes. You know what I mean? Just full disclosure. But if we're going to do novels, though, I've said from the beginning, I know it's not canon, but I would be so stoked to go back into the original Thrawn trilogy that Timothy Zahn wrote, which is like in 1983, what you thought like the next three movies would be following right, Return right. of the Jedi. It picks up right there. Han and Leia, they have twins. It's badass. Yeah. And it ties back into the cloning and, you know, like Palpatine hid this cloning technology in a mountain and they they find, you know, it's it's just awesome. But yeah, I, I just, you know, re- reading five, 600 page books to come on the podcast for me is, yeah. that's, that's a lot. That's a lot to take on. But I think there's some comics that we should 100% dive into. Yep. Yeah. I think with any like kind of like publication, I think that there'll be somewhere, I mean, we've kind of talked about it off podcast, just about having some sort of review or kind of almost like cliff notes of right, comics right. and novels, just just some things. I mean, our goal here is to, yes, have fun with Star Wars, but also have us each other learn more and have all of the listeners learn more. And I think if there's something pivotal or important that happens in a comic book or a novel, obviously time is not on everyone's side. If you could just read an article about a novel instead of reading a novel, then maybe we could provide that review. I could also say this. If someone can figure out how to make a vaccine for COVID-19 <laughs> so that I can be in my car driving places again, we can talk the shit out about all these novels. Let's do it all because I'll have the audiobooks on my car when I'm going anywhere. But right now I go to the grocery store. I go to my parents for dinner. Oh, that's it. I'm done. That's it. That's all I do. You should just okay. go do laps in your neighborhood and listen to audiobooks and pretend you're going somewhere real. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Noted. He also mentions Dr. Aphra as one of his favorite characters mm-hmm. in the comics. Shout out to Heather Antos. Exactly, yeah. So the Dr. Aphra series recently won a GLAAD award for Outstanding Comic Book. GLAAD, for anyone who doesn't know, is the Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation. This is because of a relationship that Dr. Aphra has in the comics that is kind of, at least to this extent, definitely a first for Star Wars. So breaking new ground. Shout out to Heather for that. And we'd love actually to have her back on and talk about that series and her award-winning work. There's been talk. After I've read uh, one of the trades, so it was the first kind of couple of comic books that they put out. It's definitely, I guess, she's an archaeologist and she's supposed to like morally be the opposite of Indiana Jones. You know, she works with Vader. and She's like the dude at the beginning of The Last Crusade on the boat. Yeah, so morally the opposite of Indiana Jones. And I think I'd be interested to see if they, I think obviously they'll keep going with comic books and, and maybe into novels. They just put out uh, like a audio only audio book with Afra in it. But I've been watching this show called Dispatches from Elsewhere. I don't know if you've heard it. It's a Jason Siegel show. And there's an actress on there named Cecilia Balagot. And I think she would be a hell of a Dr. Afra, uh, an actress to portray Dr. Afra if it ever made its way to Disney Plus or something like that. But I think it's like with the little bit of spark and success that Afra has in the Star Wars universe, just being a comic book character, it would be great because you could have unlimited runway if you brought a disney plus series you could just really just create her i was just gonna say it feels animated friendly yeah it feels like something in the spirit of clone wars that they could run with and as heather mentioned the thing where they kind of come in and go okay you're done with those comics now and they're like what do you mean (laughs) we're in the middle of the story and they're like no we're taking it from here Yeah, you made this too good so we got to take it 
Well, hopefully that happens because this character is really resonating with a lot of people. Again, shout out to Heather. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Next question, Chloe Rose wants to know, in our opinions, who would emerge victorious in a fight to the death, Rathtar or Rancor? It's a tough call. I have a pretty solid answer, like a pretty confident answer. Well, the Rathtars seem like really intimidating when there's multiple of them. You know what I mean? But like 1v1, I feel like if, if a Rancor got a hold of that thing, yeah. like if it just got a hold of a couple of those tentacles and just split it in half, that's it. Game over. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, But tentacles, multiple, yeah, that's yeah. terrifying to me. Think about the wraparound kind of thing. And right. they're poisonous, aren't they? I don't know. Are they? I think they are poisonous, venomous, whatever. So think about that shit just wrapping around the face of a Rancor. They're fucked, I think. Yeah, yeah, they move fast, and we only have the old 1983 animatronic blue screen yeah. version of the animal to know what the Rancor moves like. <laughs> yeah. Stop motion claymation so vibes. You're probably right. Yeah, I'm going to go Rathtar. Rathtar, so we're unsure if there's poison involved, right? Hey, Siri, or- are Rathtars poisonous? <laughs> Siri has no answer. She has yeah. no answer for that. She just answered from the kitchen. Because I'm just thinking that there's no way a Rastar's mouth can do serious damage to a Rancor. But they are very fast. So unless the tentacles were like choking them out. Yeah, or, or I feel like I see it sort of like just sucking down the thing's head. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just like, like um, what, do you, what are they, an aliens? The face hugger. Face hugger. That's Xenomorph. It. A xenomorph. I'm going Rancor. Two to one. Final answer, Rancor. I'm looking here and I don't see... Anything about them being poisonous, but the picture of one not in the shadows, like out in the light for real, is terrifying. All those teeth. Yeah. I'm going to go with the Rathar. Final answer. Poison or not. (laughs) Sam Velazquez asks, if Star Wars movies had soundtracks featuring other bands or artists, and our bands were given the chance to be on them, which songs from each of our bands will we choose and for which movie or soundtrack? My answer straight up is everything my band or I have ever written is complete dog shit compared to everything John Williams has done. John Williams' worst song is 10 times better than anything I've ever made. I can't not get behind that. (laughs) I have a great deal of respect for John Williams and his contribution to Star Wars because it wouldn't be Star Wars without him. But in addition to that, just scoring and composing for film in general and... While I am extremely proud and grateful for the career that I had with my band and have had since my band, there is not a piece of music, in my opinion, that I've created, we have created, that is worthy of being placed in Star Wars. He's the best musician of all time, to me. Truly. How do you hang with that? He's like one of those legendary, all music was discovered because of them composers. (laughs) In contemporary times, because that's the thing is you think about that. You're like, why are contemporary symphonies not as much of a thing as, you know, why do, why do symphonies now still just play Bach and Beethoven and Mozart? Well, you can't 
do it again. The guys who first started painting, they invented the movements of painting. And like, that's where the human brain discovered like what it does. Right. So you can't discover that a second time. Right. So John Williams is never going to get like the Beethoven rep, but I think his ability to compose the symphonic music that he does and then inject it into pop culture through film the way he did is unparalleled by any composer. I, I mean, I don't, I love a lot of composers and, and I mean, I love, like I l- probably listen to instrumental and soundtrack and, and composition more than bands and singer songwriters now at this phase of my life. Then that's, that's what I listen to the most. So I, I love so many composers, but I just put John Williams in that like Beethoven Bach category. 100. He's just a legend. So I don't think that a yellow card song deserves <laughs> to go there. Sorry, bud. It's probably not the answer you want to hear. I mean, hear. just the influence on the the immediate influence that putting symphonic music over like space opera. Yeah. It's really funny. I don't right now totally fighting the urge. I'm going to go into like a little collectible story here right now. They now make 6-inch GI Joe figures, which is basically you know, to parallel the six inch black series that I collect Star Wars wise, the G.I. Joe looks so sick. And I'm like, <laughs> I can't buy, I can't start buying. But right. it made me pop on some G.I. Joe episodes. And it's not as propagandy as I thought it would be. I didn't remember anything about G.I. Joe growing up. So I put it on. I'm like, oh, well, let's see what kind of American propaganda this wound up being. It's not so bad. But there's some, there's not necessarily symphonic music behind the whole thing, but there's always music playing. There's there's a lot of like light motif, like Cobra has their own song, G.I. Joe has their own song. There's a lot mm-hmm. of that stuff. And that's like mid eighties. That's directly because of Star Wars that like yeah. G.I. Joe Everybody's exists. chasing the Star yeah, Wars. Toys, G.I. Joe toys. Oh, dude, I a cartoon and then the music. I was like, oh man, I had no idea. Like I like this and I played with these toys, but I had no idea like the immediate influence. Like couple of years later that star wars had on stuff like gi joe was all about my gi joe toys oh yeah all about them well if you're in target and you see the it's called gi joe classified series oh they're so cool so cool i except target's not on my list of quarantine approved <laughs> locations yeah I go grocery shopping at Target, so that's oh, my, there you go. There you go. That's my one. Maybe I should start doing that because it's like double dip. Yeah. You're like, oh, well, I guess I'll just wander over to this department because I'm do. already in here. They also do great pickup. Oh yeah, they have those designated spots. They'll come just put the shit in the back of your car. That doesn't really do much for my problem of um, I go to the grocery store, I go to my parents for dinner. <laughs> that's it. That's all, that's it. I'm done. Hey man, uh, thanks. Just put them in the back. So, what's your name? What, what are you up to? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like sports, like, music. What do you want to like talk Star about? Wars? You like uh, you like Star Wars? You want to? Uh... What size pants you wear? Thirty three. You're thirty three, right? Well, good. You look slim. You look really nice. Or uh, what do you work out? <laughs> want to go to Red Lobster? My treat. All right, shooter. God bless. <laughs> Joe Modic, longtime supporter. I wonder if it's Mo. You can leave this in the episode. You don't have to. I wonder if it's Modic. I'm just going to say that because it could be like yeah. a Eastern European kind of, you know. Yeah, yeah. Modich. Either one. Regardless. could be either one. Joe, message us. Let us know. Maybe it's not even Joe. Maybe we were pronouncing <laughs> that wrong too. Hoe. Jai. Joey wants to know. <laughs> wants us to do our best impressions of our favorite R2-D2 sounds. Uh, it's been a while. Okay. I'll go. It'll All right. I'm... <clears throat> I can't whistle, so I have to like do this from the throat, you know. <laughs> How was that? It was all right. I can do it again. Not bad. Wow. 
we're watching on Zoom, and it's crazy, like how you have to make your lips like kind of looks like, like a butthole. They, it's very not. <laughs> it's a very weird way. I practiced a lot. <laughs> um, it's been a minute. <clears throat> it's probably been decades since I've done an R two. <clears throat> you got this. Okay, <clears throat> <clears throat> ready. It's not so bad. A little rusty. Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. It's really good. A really solid pucker. <laughs> Get that whistle sound out. Hold on. <clears throat> I've heard you do this before. It's freaking intense. There we go. <laughs> That's our best. That's the best we can do. Hope that's sufficient. Clifford Alba, again, longtime supporter. Many questions from Cliff. Do you go by Cliff? You should. It's more 80s that way. He wants to know, among other things, who we think would be a great person to take over Star Wars post-Kathy. If the torch were to be handed to someone else, who should have that torch? When I read this question, I immediately thought we would have a universal answer of Dave Filoni. Yeah. Is there another choice? I think Dave Filoni is the person in terms of, like, the creative, but on, like, a like executive producer and more, like, corporate Level, I think John Favreau is more qualified. Yeah, a little bit more businessy. Either one would be a, a worthy successor. I will straight up do it for half the amount of money that Favreau <laughs> gets offered. Just so you know, if you want to save some money, Lucasfilm. Uh, honestly, I think I would do it for one percent of what they're offering him, <laughs> and I yeah. would be making more money than I've ever made in my life. So, <laughs> Disney, Nick, and I will split one yeah. percent <laughs> of Favreau's salary. If you ever decide to make a change, let us go on record and say we do not think there needs to be a change, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm stoked right now. There's so much stuff. People just need something to talk about. Without this pandemic, we'd be having like Obi-Wan series and Cassian like I know, I know. in a couple of months. But any of the rumblings online about this brought this question to us. And yeah. I think, you know, people just need stuff to talk about right now. There's, there's yeah. not a lot going on. I mean, just like, I mean, it's Star Wars fake news, you know, like, yeah, I, there's, I there's a lot bring of real there's life of into it. But like, it's just stay away from clickbait, stay away from rumors that are seem like they're unsubstantiated. Unless it's a thank the maker title that's really clickbaity. We want you to click that. <laughs> click it. All right, that's it for the standard questions. Let's move on to this little guy. The major weapons test is imminent. Test made. You may fire when ready. Shout out to producer Drew for putting that together. Crushed it. I'm pumped. That was great. Here we go. Either or. You're recruited into the 501st or whatever. 332nd, 187th. Are you going clone trooper armor or classic stormtrooper armor? Classic stormtrooper, no hesitation. I kind of like the flair of like Captain Rex and Fives and all those. Get a little like shoulder pad and some little dangly holsters and stuff. I'm going to go a little bit more fashionable route and say clone. More pieces of flair. Well, yeah. you are literally a model for her universe, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I get it. A model, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to go with Arc Trooper from the Clones era, because I'm such a fan of that, like almost classic Stormtrooper vibe, just a little bit tweaked, and the Ahsoka paint job. That's my jam. Yeah. Can I amend? I want to go Death Trooper. That's what I want to go. All yeah. black. Nice. Just head to toe. All black everything. Jay-Z style. 
Yes, sir. All right. Favorite things. Favorite armor, uniform, or outfit in Star Wars? Blah. In all of Star Wars? Yeah. I think, I think, honestly, the Death Trooper armor in Rogue One was... I mean, when I was a kid, I would be Stormtrooper. You know, the, the iconic Stormtrooper thing. I think even more than Vader as a kid, Stormtroopers were more sort of iconic Star Wars to me as a kid. Like, if I was playing Star Wars... I was just, you know, if I, if I wasn't Luke Skywalker, I was a stormtrooper. Right. But I, yeah, the, the death troopers from rogue one, just, I think that was just one of the coolest, as you said, Adam, kind of tying it to, you know, there's a little bit of flair there, mm-hmm. but it kept it authentic and nostalgic and all black, everything. I loved it. Super sick. Can I go with something from rogue one as my all time favorite yeah. thing? Okay. I'm doing it. Why not? Do death it. troopers, best armor for sure. Best uniform. Oh, the uniform. Sorry. I'm going to go very risque with my answer right now. I'm going to go with like Wicket's leather headdress and that's it. Cause basically I'm naked. I just have a headdress on and I'm naked. <laughs> Dude, you know, like, you know, like Huey Dewey and Louie and Donald Duck, they just have a shirt on or Winnie the Pooh. They just have a shirt on. Yes. I'm going with that vibe. Only it's, it's Wicket's headdress and then I'm just full on nude. <laughs> I love it. you're going we're going to celebration and that with the podcast we're sitting on a panel and that's what you're wearing dude please 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 a hundred pleases in a row find a photographer friend in LA because there are thousands I'm sure you can find somebody and just do a really dramatically lit photo shoot in that outfit. Yeah. please dude I'm looking at this Wikipedia de- image of the death trooper it's so nasty oh it's yeah. great dude it's so they're nasty. in the Mandalorian too now I mean, they're they're around. Yeah, the shoulder armor on one side that kind of shows it's almost like a like a rank kind of feeling. Like you get this shoulder pad if you're at this rank, and then there's just like armor holsters and grenades and all this shit just all over them. So sick. And their guns are like almost uh, stormtrooper blasters, but they have this kind of steel silver looking like the end of Han's blaster kind of on the end. It's so sick. Not as sick as Nick in a leather headdress naked, but still sick <laughs> nonetheless. A spear. Um, I think I, I, I read or heard that the Death Troopers, you know that how it sounds like crazy when they talk? Yeah. That's like encoded. Like they're speaking probably right. basic or something, but Death Troopers themselves, that's like encoded. So we can't, like no one they're can They're designed for stealth, espionage, and lethality. Yeah, that's great. They mostly operate as bodyguards for significant Imperial officers. Speaking of good outfits, Krennic's white cape and all that. Ooh, yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Really so nice. good. We know some 501st dudes. Mike from Hondo Supply is in the 501st. Probably direct you to a place to get that helmet and get it started <laughs> if you want to do a full-on trooper costume. Oof. You mean when we can go to Star Wars Celebration in seven years? Yeah, I'll just get prepped. It, I've got plenty you of know, time. you got the time. That's true. My favorite armor, outfit, uniform. So... Lifetime, starting, you know, definitely when I was a kid, the Scout Trooper. Yeah, love helmet that. Helmet is so sick. Love that. Like screaming face kind of thing. And I always love those speeder bikes. But now, in this moment, who knows how long this will last. I think Kylo Ren's whole vibe costume is so sick. It is. Yeah. It's Very like this awesome. dark samurai warrior mm-hmm. thing. It's so sick, dude. I love if you look closely at the arms, like the way the sleeves go down yes. real tight on his arms. And like there's that like piece that goes over the top of his hand. It just, yeah, it's yeah. really cool. It's really textured fabric, but it's got like. It's like ribbed, like uh, 
Yeah, and it's it's like a almost like a waxed canvas kind of yep. look yep. sometimes. Man, it's great. You know what I was wondering about one day? So at the end of Rise of Skywalker, when he's wearing just like a black thermal, it looks like, is that part of his normal getup? He just has the rest of I it off? I think we got the vibe. Like, is that like an undergarment? Uh, maybe, but I also maybe? got the vibe that he kind of like ditched his garb, you know, grabbed yeah. his pajamas and rolled out. <laughs> Some dude, someone on like Twitter once was like, I like how Ben Solo just stopped at Old Navy on his way to Exegol. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> got some uh, some first order athleisure. Yeah. I mean, we're imagining that he if he if he wasn't able to, you're thinking that like he would just wore that every day, no matter what. Yeah. There had to have been an off hours, you know, leisure wear. Yeah, yeah. He was the boss. Something. He had to kick back after work, you know. Yeah. What does he wear when he's watching Netflix? He wears that thermal. <laughs> that's why. That's all he had. He has two options: working, not working, and he didn't want to show up and work because. That's Kylo. Like you can't. It's like a dark side Steve Jobs. Closet. You can't come to the Jedi party in the Kylo outfit. That doesn't doesn't work out. <laughs> All right. Would you rather? We have a few. Let's just fire these off. I, I should also mention Chris Davis gave us that either or favorite things. I don't know who that came from. I totally blew it. I think it's also from Chris Davis. This would you rather comes from Ryan Coronel. I want to say sounds right. Would you rather look like suave? Obi-Wan from episode two and three era, but have the Jedi rock song from Jabba's palace in episode six playing in your head on repeat very loudly 24 seven for the rest of your life. So bad. Whatever the other, whatever the other it's choices. So I'm not, I don't even want to know what the other choices. I'm going with the other one. <laughs> or look like Jar Jar. <laughs> But you get the duel of the fates playing on repeat in your head forever. I'll take that. Give yeah, it to me. Absolutely. Did you just say that Adam Russell just said he would take the option other than looking like Obi-Wan? Oof, that song is bad. Man, that he, song is bad, everyone. Very loudly 24-7 for the rest of yeah, your life. Yeah. So no way. I don't want to hear any but, song okay, very loudly 24-7 uh, let, for But the let's, let's honestly you get break the fates this down. Like, yeah, you would forever, you'd be going, Oh, yeah, that's true. Dun, 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 forever in your head and it would be crazy but non-stop for the rest of your life that shit would make you go insane that's true i can't yeah. possibly imagine trying to sleep with it's so intense and fast like there has to be a bridge to the jedi rock song that we never heard where maybe they dial it down a little bit <laughs> the middle eight as they call it yeah. across the pond oh boy <laughs> oof I'm going to go, so go Obi-Wan. I'm, I'm going to go. Maybe me too, now that I think of it. I think the Duel of the Fates is too intense for eternity. That's just too much, man. Think about it. How long do you want me to do it? On the podcast right now before you guys? <laughs> then we can decide. <laughs> I could use a little intensity in my life. I'm going with Jar Jar Duel of the okay. Fates. All right. It brings you up out of that weed slump. Yeah. I want that Ewan McGregor hairline, though. Mm. And that beard? I can't grow a beard, so that would yeah, be see, sweet. See, that's the thing, Nick. You don't need the beard. Yeah, we're both going with the beard, Nick. You're going with the ears. <laughs> you don't need a beard. <laughs> All right. Would you rather have your band, or Ryan's case as a solo artist, getting the honor of playing the next Bond film's intro song? Kind of cool. Which obviously gets you in the big spotlight. Or for the next huge film that John Williams scores, which may or may not happen ever, uh, you get to be his right-hand man the whole time and just hang with him. Get to watch how he creates every song, ask him anything, just fully just be there and hang not with even him. no hesitation. Option number two. All I want mm, out of my musical career 
for the rest of my life is to score movies. And I have no idea how I'm going to make that happen for myself. I'm working really hard towards it, but it's, I mean, who knows, you know? So that would be the ultimate boner jam of a professional experience. <laughs> Dude, imagine him, you know, you're just like, what's up, John? Um, what do you want? Like, you want to get a number two or you pick two? You want the, the salad and the sandwich? Cool. <laughs> so while you're here, let me play you this real quick. What would you, uh, what would you put right here? Something kind of just like, and he just, just hum it to you. Okay, cool. Thanks. And then you go cop that melody and put it in your shit. Yeah, yep. I'll take that. That sounds good to me. I'm going to think of my current state of not touring again for the next year to year and a half and think that my financial well-being might be better <laughs> if my band does the James Bond. You're not song. wrong, bud. You're not wrong. Well played, it, it yes. Would, it yeah. would do so well, though, that Adam and I could keep our choices because now you're a partner in this podcast and we know we yeah. get there'd be like residual podcast bump from that, so... Yo, just throw me like a quick FaceTime. <laughs> Let me say hi to John I mean, yeah, Williams you while go. you're there. <laughs> this is our friend Nick, you know, he wrote the new Bond song. Yeah, you know him, yeah, from the movies. All right, Chloe Rose has two would-you-rathers. Would you rather debate Obi-Wan or arm wrestle Mace Windu? <laughs> I'm going to debate Obi-Wan because Sam Jackson. No, yep. not, I'm not doing that. I don't want no part of that shit. He'll kill, he'll kill you. I think as a Jedi, Mace was pretty powerful. I yeah. know, I'm sure that that is more like force-wise he's powerful, but he might be muscly under the, those Jedi robes. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to go Sam with Sam Jackson. Bad mother... Yeah, I'd rather be intellectually embarrassed than have every tendon in my elbow blown up <laughs> yeah. in an arm wrestling match with Jules Winfield. I was just going to say, all I'm thinking right now is if like I'm watching that scene in Pulp Fiction, but he stands up and fires up a lightsaber <laughs> in the diner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys ever see that? Probably the best thing I've ever seen on the internet, the grease Samuel L. Jackson no, thing. No, no. Oh Send my a link. goodness. Chloe Rose also would like to know, would you rather have a mud horn from the Mandalorian, sort of like the fluffy rhino, right? Yeah. Or a tauntaun as a pet. I'm going tauntaun, man. Like, as a child, my greatest dream was to ride a tauntaun in the Battle of Hoth. You know, I mean, that's like, if I could have a tauntaun, steady girl. <laughs> yeah, I'm just thinking transportation-wise, too, tauntaun. <laughs> I might have to move to Canada, you know, in the next year or so. So a tauntaun. Be very helpful. A minus 30. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great mileage, low emissions. As long as you don't stay out past the first marker too late, you'd be good. <laughs> right. I, I'm with you. It's three for three. They're more cuddly and kind of like a dog on yeah. two legs, yeah. but bigger and maybe smell not great, but whatever. I'd cuddle up next to one. They get me warm, you know, in my new home zone in Canada. Same thing. Yeah, we're, it's unanimous. All right, let's wrap it up. And we should do a quote because we've been failing here and there on doing quotes unless we're doing like a full-blown feature film episode. So let's let's do something right now to give the people some vibes. We should do that. Also, just want to say to everyone that supports the podcast and beyond, we appreciate you, and we're grateful that you keep us going and getting to nerd out on Star Wars together every week. But we are talking about Star Wars and, you know, having fun and making jokes, and there's still a lot going on in the world that I know everyone out there is struggling with and dealing with, and I think we just want to remind everyone that we're sending good vibes and thinking of you and hoping everyone's safe and healthy. We really appreciate your support, and we hope that our little podcast is something that you can, uh, you know, get away from whatever's on your mind, whatever's troubling you for an hour or so a week, and just hang out with us and take your mind off that stuff, because that's okay to do every once in a while, you know? So we're thinking of you guys, and we really appreciate your support. Definitely. So here's some inspirational or motivating words. The secret is not to give up hope. It's very hard not to, 
because if you're really doing something worthwhile, I think you'll be pushed to the brink of hopelessness before you come through the other side. From the man himself, George Lucas. That is a great quote. Good guy. He should have put that in a movie. That's really good. (laughs) Very timely quote. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks to all the patrons for the great questions. Keep them coming. Even if it's not an AMA, anyone hit us with questions. We're definitely down to do them. Like we said, we have Clone Wars coming soon. We're getting up to speed with that. I actually, despite the fact that I've watched all the seasons, I haven't watched the movie yet. So I need to get on that. Ryan's catching up and we're going to get into it. We're going to start with the film. I'm excited. It's going to be great. Very excited. We're also launching a merch store. Hopefully by the time you hear this, it's up. We're going to have a few kind of basic designs going, but we have some other cool stuff coming, which I'm sure you've heard us talk about. If you've been listening for a while, it's going to be fun. You can find that via our social media at this point. Maybe we'll have a website at some point. We should probably. But in the meantime, our social media is the place to go find that. It's, of course, at ThankTheMakerPod on Instagram, at ThankTheMaker1 on Twitter. My personal is at Adam the Skull on everything. My personals on the webs are at William Ryan Key. And all my socials are at Nick Bayside. If you want to support the podcast directly, you can go to patreon.com slash thankthemakerpod and get involved there, submit questions for this. We're probably going to make some updates to Patreon as well, and we will most likely send out messages to the patrons to kind of get your feedback on some changes we may make. Got some stuff bouncing around in the head. So look for that. Again, thanks for listening, and until next time, may the Force be with you. Thank you.